Welcome into Around the Bases, your weekly dose of baseball with a little extra. Now, to take you around the bases, here are your hosts, J.T. Crabtree, Colin Lacey, and Joe McNulty. Welcome into the debut episode of Around the Bases. We don't know what we're doing except talking some baseball. It's fine. We'll figure it out as we go. Hello, everybody. I'm JT Crabtree, and looking forward to talking some baseball, pro-level, college, local, whatever, with my good buddies, Colin Lacey and Joe McNulty, every week. Boys, what's going on, guys? Hey, how how's doing? it going? We're, we're, we're doing this. We're going to We're making it. <laughs> this is awesome. The fact that we're doing this, we've talked about this for years, but the fact that we're actually doing this now is fantastic. Absolutely, and I mean, I mean, let's be real. With the way baseball has been going nowadays, it's a perfect time to start this. Let's do it, man. Let's so let's kind of introduce what this show. Who who are we? Who who are these three numbskulls? That's the real question. <laughs> I was about to say that's a great question. That's if somebody finds out, question. let me know. <laughs> that's a little too deep of a question, maybe. So let's just introduce ourselves to our audience of three people currently because this is a three-man crew so <laughs> colin let's uh let's start with you my man who is colin lacy oh that's a fantastic question um right now i am over at georgia southern part of the georgia southern sports network in the learfield group over here um baseball wise calling the games with our play-by-play guy danny reed but baseball is even though i do all three sports football men's and women's basketball and baseball uh, baseball's always been the passion. Baseball's always been the love. I thought I was going to go to college as a collegiate baseball player and eventually make my way to the major leagues, but that whole ability thing and a couple injuries <laughs> kind of got in the way. But uh, being able to come down here to Georgia Southern, been here since 2012 when I started as a student and kind of fell in love with broadcasting and especially broadcasting baseball, especially on the radio, because I think baseball on the radio, there's nothing better. And so... Being able to do this, whether it's podcast, play-by-play, a radio show, who knows. But being able to talk baseball with people that know baseball is one of my favorite things, so now we're going to do it for two hours every week. Joe, who the heck are you from <laughs> kind of peeling the curtain back? We're, <laughs> we have Zoom, so we can see yep. each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except for Joe. Because he doesn't have a camera, so it yeah, is I don't just, have a camera. Yeah, I was kind of wondering why it just says Joe McNulty. He yeah, just, I don't have a camera, so I can't really show you guys my beautiful face. Maybe that's a good thing for you guys. I don't know. We all have faces for radio, so it's fine. Oh, no right, doubt. right. Yep. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, but my name's Joe McNulty. I'm originally from uh, Chicago, Illinois. Uh, I ended up going to South Alabama. Uh, graduated there in 2000, uh, 2014, 2015, and um, excuse me, uh, 2018. Uh, I ended up joining South Alabama in 2013, 2014. Um, but yeah, I mean, been around sports pretty much my whole life. Ended up doing the play by or the uh, color commentary for South Alabama men's basketball the past few seasons. Love that. Um, but now I actually just moved to the Murfreesboro, Nashville area. And uh, I'm out here going to Nashville Sounds games all the time, AAA baseball. It's been a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, just love being around the game of baseball. It's it's a lot of fun, and uh, I can't wait to talk about it for two hours every week. And Joe is, you know, he and I do men's basketball at South Alabama. My whole thing is 
Jag hits a three-pointer, I say bang. When a player gets hot, Joe says, give him the hot sauce. So our tag team kind of became bang and hot sauce down the yep. stretch there. So you'll, uh, you'll hear that incorporated, the hot sauce, a little bit as the show goes along. Uh, I'm JT Crabtree, Mobile, Alabama, born and raised, uh, hometown of outside of New York and Los Angeles, the most MLB Hall of Famers of any other town in America. So, How about that? Yeah. Really? It is. I'm not one of them. <laughs> in case you were one. Not yet. Not yet. No, I, I, the whole ability thing, like Colin said, is very much lacking. <laughs> hey, you've got the Ford C. Frick Award to look forward to. It, thank you. See? <laughs> <laughs> don't ever let the dream die always always a way we'll find a way but uh radio broadcaster for the south alabama jaguars i went to south graduated been working here ever since and kind of like what colin said baseball is a passion uh, it's deep in my family love doing baseball love talking baseball and so here the three of us are just talking about the world of baseball what's currently going on and what we like what we don't like and we decided to put together this show around the bases so here we are for episode one let's run through what this show is going to be we'll have some talk like we said before of mlb minor leagues college baseball local stuff to 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 me in alabama joe in tennessee colin in georgia uh, just anything baseball related, good or bad, it'll probably find its way over here. We'll have <laughs> mostly or, most of the bad will probably definitely come up. That's true, and it'll probably be mostly on our end. We'll, we will yep. be very bad. <laughs> we'll have some you know some countdowns and whatnot, some lists, some some arguments back and forth uh, in today's show. And you'll hear it every week. We have two feature segments. One is Collins Corner. We'll get to that in hour two. That's just, Colin, that is your space to voice your opinion on whatever you want it to be in the world of baseball. And what are we getting ourselves into letting you do that for potentially 15 minutes? Well, I asked you yesterday. I was like, you're at the point of no return. It's now or never for you to ax this. <laughs> but you're letting me just rant for 15 minutes. I'm a baseball purist. Yeah, no doubt. I'm a baseball purist, as people are going to probably quickly find out. JT, you know. Joe probably knows as well. Yep. (laughs) But I'm a baseball purist, and so we're going to get into a lot of – my friends say that I don't like fun. (laughs) I I think I like fun. I think fun is great. But uh, I have a very different definition of what fun is. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get into that plenty more later on. So the other featured segment we have, and I kind of hinted at it a little bit, is Joe's Hot Sauce. And Joe, that is your pedestal for whatever hot take you've got in the world of baseball. Let it fly, my man. So we'll have have that every week. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun, especially this week. Uh, I've got a good one to start things off. One of my favorite teams is uh, the St. Louis Cardinals, and I've got a big one with them going on right now. So uh, we'll get into that later. All right. Hey, before we get too deep into this, yeah. where did the hot sauce thing start, Joe? So it's actually a thing that the Chicago Bulls basketball announcer does uh, whenever Kyle Korver used to hit a three when he was playing with the Bulls back in the Derrick Rose era. 
Um, but yeah, and I just kind of stole it from him. I just I liked it, and uh, I just ran with it. Nice. Dude, it's totally fine to steal things because bang. I mean, clearly that's not mine. <laughs> <laughs> I think Mike Breen has that copyright. I'm just yeah. waiting for a cease and desist. <laughs> <laughs> you can but make anything yours. I'll I'll try my best. Until he tells me to stop, I will continue to say. All right, so that's what we do. That's what this show is going to do. Let's kind of dive in a little bit now to the actual sport of baseball because that's what this is about. Two hours of nothing but baseball talk. So, guys, what's what's your favorite thing about the game of baseball? I know that's a broad strokes question, but you know what is it that you like the most about the game of baseball? The fact that baseball is baseball is a simple game. It's not an easy game, but it's a very simple game. And it's something that's so simple, but there are so many things in it that make it seem complex. And I know this is probably getting a lot deeper than what you wanted to (laughs) on episode one, segment one. (laughs) But it's so simple, but can be so complex. And being able to know the ins and outs of baseball, and hopefully we might get into some of that throughout the next couple of weeks, but being able to get through the ins and outs of baseball, knowing what happens, why it happens, there's not a sport better in my opinion. I love football. I like basketball, love hockey, but the fact of baseball being so much of a team sport, so much of a you can't have one guy win a baseball game, that's awesome to me. I love it. I love everything about baseball. Everybody will tell you I've been a baseball dork ever since the age of, well, probably born. And so age of born, age of born, born. (laughs) copyright it, ship it, send it. No. Yeah. To piggyback off that though, Colin, I mean, it's a simply hard game. That's the way I I like to put it. It, It's, it's a game that, um, you know, it's a chess match out there. It really is whether you're, you're shifting infielders or outfielders or, 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 you know, getting forced to stop because, you know, they take that rule out the game, you know, it, pinch hitters and pinch uh, you know runners it's all a chess match and that's what i love about it is that uh sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't and you know we've we see teams that like to go to small ball and then sometimes small ball ends up beating uh uh, the teams that are just swinging for the fences and it's just great to see uh that chess match between the two managers on both sides of of the field i love baseball for the fact that it is most definitely two things it's a metaphor of life in the fact that it is a game of failure. You're considered good if you fail seven out of ten times. <laughs> it's a hitter. You're a good hitter if you succeed three out of ten times. Yeah. I mean, that's that's crazy to think about. It's a round bat trying to hit a round ball going 95 miles an hour, and you're trying to hit it square. That makes no sense. None, <laughs> none at all. But I, I love the 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 main thing I love is the metaphor of life. It is through a game of failure, but also I love the quirkiness of it. It is yeah. so weird. I mean, what other sport do you play where the dimensions of the field are different everywhere you go? Yeah, football everywhere is a hundred yards. Basketball is the same length. Soccer, every hockey rink's the same. You don't know what you're getting in a baseball field until you put the fence up. I mean, 
you guys over at Georgia Southern have the the blue monster and you know, that's a unique setting to to you guys. We've got the kind of traditional 330 corners and 400 straightaway, the the pro park dimensions at South Alabama and whatnot. But I mean, Joe, you're going to Nashville Sounds games. They've got a guitar scoreboard. <laughs> yeah, hey, it looks pretty good too with the the box score being on the arm of the guitar. It's pretty cool. It's pretty good. Yeah, it is. But just weird stuff like that is just normal in this sport. And that's what I like the most about it. It is weird. Hardly anything ever makes sense, but it's it's beautiful. And I think baseball is the one sport where you can tell who's a baseball guy or a baseball person and who's not. It's very easy to tell who's a baseball person and who's not. And I think it's unique. There's football people that can pass for football people at certain things. I mean, if you get into a two-hour-long conversation with them, you're going to figure out they don't know football. But it's pretty blatant when somebody doesn't know the game of baseball. And baseball people flock to other baseball people and it just kind of turns out that way. Yeah. I don't know if it's ever planned that way, but you have a group of baseball people. I guarantee you, you're going to be sharing stories. I guarantee you there's going to be a lot of laughs. There's going to be a lot of jabs. And you're going to put some food away, too. I probably guarantee you that. <laughs> if not food, beer. That, too. <laughs> All of the above. Sign us up. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I think that's why... And Colin, we just saw each other, what, three weeks ago up in Montgomery for a week's worth of baseball. Well, ended up being three days worth of baseball. But yeah, I was about to say three days of baseball. Three days, days but like the whole stories and all that. <laughs> three days of baseball and like five days of just hanging out. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's part of the sport of baseball, too, that's really unique when, you know, you get to tournaments and whatnot. And, you know, we're all... As broadcasters, the three of us were all buddies with pretty much everyone around. So it's it's such a cool family and just camaraderie that's built into the sport that's pretty unique. And I think you nailed it when you said family. Like, once you're in the baseball, whether it's professional, college, if you're tied to a baseball program, you're kind of brought into that fraternity. Yeah. It, the baseball world is very clubbish, I yeah. guess, yeah. in the sense that if you're in, you're in. And if you're in a baseball program, whether it's a broadcaster or whatever, you can talk to scouts, you can talk to whoever, and most of the time, people do whatever you need if you ever need something. It's a very much a family atmosphere in the baseball world. And I think that's... Yeah, no, I yeah, go ahead, Joe. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. I think that that's what makes the baseball like so beautiful in its whole is because you're out there fighting for your brothers, but you know when it's all said and done, it still comes back on you, and you don't want to let your brothers down. So when you're up at the plate, you just got to give it your all. And if you don't, and if you fail, your guys are going to be there to back you up, but you still feel like you let the team down. So you know it, it is that fraternity, it's that brothership that they have in the game. And that goes back to what you said early on, Colin is. One guy can't win you a game. Yeah, but one guy could lose you the game. It's true. This is true. <laughs> All right, so that's what we've got on tap for our 
debut episode of Around the Bases. We'll take a quick time out here. We'll dive into the College World Series when we come back on Around the Bases. Did you get a call or message that mentioned Social Security that made you feel threatened or scared? That is not the Social Security Administration. Social Security will not threaten you, press you for personal information, or demand instant payment. Social Security does not accept payments by gift card, prepaid debit card, internet currency, or by mailing cash. Criminals use these forms of payment because they are hard to trace. Don't fall for it. Hang up, ignore them. Report this criminal activity to oig.ssa.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Welcome back to Around the Bases with J.T., Colin, and Joe. Back on Around the Bases, J.T. Crabtree, Colin Lacey, Joe McNulty. It just hits different when you have David Lee say your name. Oh, there's no <laughs> doubt. Oh, man. And Colin I think the thinks... kids say it hits different. And, yeah. That's <laughs> what the kids say nowadays. It, I'm, we're not kids. <laughs> also, Am I the old man of this group? No, I was about to say, I'm the old man. Really? I'm 31. I'm 26. Shut up. Yeah. I'm the baby. <laughs> I thought you and I were the same. Wow. No, All I'm right. older than you, man. Wow. Debut episode. Learned something. We're Here learning we every day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's talk some college baseball. Oklahoma has already punched their tickets. Somehow. They have made it all the way through the regionals, through the Supers, and they've made it to the championship series in Omaha, beating Texas A&M twice. They beat uh, a team, Colin, that you're familiar with, with Notre Dame. They won the Statesboro Regional and then kept it rolling and made their way to Omaha. Oklahoma has not lost since since June 11th in the super in Blacksburg against Virginia Tech. What did you see at all Oklahoma of all teams getting this far? So it's funny because Georgia Southern actually went out to Oklahoma last year. Georgia Southern and Oklahoma had to postpone the Friday game because of rain. Played a doubleheader Saturday. Georgia Southern swept the doubleheader and then fell in the third game on Sunday. And so Georgia Southern takes two out of three from Oklahoma, and that was a really fun weekend. I can promise you that at Mitchell Park. (laughs) (laughs) And so we were thinking, and Oklahoma was a pretty good team last year. I mean, they weren't what they are this year, obviously, but they lost Tyler Hardman, who was leading the country for most of the year in hits. And then Roughcorn at the back end of the bullpen, we saw him twice. How anybody ever hit him, I have no idea. He was that dominant, but you lose those two, and you add a couple of pieces into that lineup, but for the most part, it's the same lineup that Georgia Southern saw last year, but you get a oddity in college baseball now, a whole group sticking together, yeah, moving on another year, getting another year better throughout the fall. And this is the hottest team in college baseball in a long time. And you can talk about Tennessee. We'll get to that plenty more as we get throughout these next couple episodes, I have a feeling. But <laughs> this Oklahoma team, Jimmy Crooks behind the plate, is one of the best catchers that I've seen in a long time. And they've got so much fight, so much power in this lineup. This is a lot of fun to watch. And the thing that I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit later, the defense in Omaha this year 
has been unreal. Yeah. The defense has been yeah. outstanding for this Oklahoma team. I watched the Texas A&M game because I was going back and forth and talking to Toby Rowland, their radio guy, beforehand because we had just seen him last year. And watching that team, that's a fun team to watch, man. So at the beginning of the College World Series, I know Texas was the favorite. A&M was supposed to be in there too. But watching that Oklahoma team, I'm like, that team's got a shot. And, yeah, and how how about their pitching? I mean, that they've yeah. had – I mean, the guy yesterday, Sandlin, he had 12 strikeouts – and I think he only had one bad pitch that, you know, the guy ended up hitting a home run for. But after that, he was lights out the rest of the game. I mean, Oklahoma just – they're firing on all cylinders, and it's the perfect time. It's right in the heart of the playoffs. Yeah, you just – so much of baseball, too, is just coming together at the right time. You know, it, it you don't have to play a full season. I mean, yeah, you look at Oklahoma's record. They're 45-22. and 22. First off, that's a lot of baseball. That's a yeah. lot of baseball. 67 games before they play for the championship. And they've played 23 of them at neutral site. That's more total away games than they've played this year. That's absurd. I mean, I, I get oh. it. Like, you know, the right? The <laughs> the early season, they, they played in Arlington in one of those big tournaments and whatnot. Then they played in another one later on in Houston in the, the Shriners Classic. That's a lot of baseball, and they're playing their best baseball right now. It's it's pretty darn impressive that they're putting it together right now, and they have an opponent now. At the time of our recording of this episode, Ole Miss just shut out Arkansas, 2-0. So the Rebels are going to the College World Series Championship Series. They shouldn't have even been in the field <laughs> they shouldn't have even gotten in. And they're one no. of the last two teams remaining in the country. They're two wins away from winning a national championship. That doesn't make sense. In, that's the beauty in baseball. I mean, like you said earlier, it's it's about getting hot at the right time, and, and that's exactly what happened with Ole Miss. I mean, again, they had their pitcher today, nine innings, seven strikeouts. I mean, that's a complete game. That guy is going to be a hero in Ole Miss history now just for that one performance in the College World Series. So, I mean, you get hot at the right time, and uh, you can take your team all the way. And I just saw ESPN just put up a graphic since I think all three of us are watching the same thing. <laughs> but just put up a graphic that in his two College World Series starts, 16 and two-thirds innings, 17 strikeouts. Good grief. It, DeLuca just manhandled the College World Series in a really good field. But it, you look at this team, and it's like you were talking about, JT. This is a team that finished sub-500 in SEC play. It, they weren't supposed to get out of the regional, let alone the super, let alone make it to the College World Series finals. Yeah. This is what baseball is all about. We talked about what we love about baseball. You're never out of it. That's baseball. Mike Bianco is supposed to be looking for a job right now. <laughs> I mean, he was he was a day away from being fired. Yes. If they did not get in on Memorial Day, he would be looking for a job right now. Yeah. Because, like Which you said... Is crazy yes but. he's an unbelievable coach and oh, yeah what he's done there consistently is so impressive and earlier this year they were the number one team in the country yeah and you know, okay maybe keeping that perspective it shouldn't shock us as much that they're making it this far but at the same time like 
they're now 40 and 23. They went 14 and 16 in the SEC. And they hadn't played a neutral site game until Hoover. And they went one and done. <laughs> you look at the, I'm just looking at their record. They took two out of three from Auburn, lost all three against Tennessee and Oxford, took two out of three at Kentucky, got swept by Alabama in Oxford. Oof. That one hurt. Fell two out of three against South Carolina. Lost two out of three against Mississippi State and Oxford. Oof. And then swept Missouri, swept LSU, and that's when it really started to open people's eyes. But then you lose two out of three to then number four, Texas A&M. And then you get bounced in the first round of the SEC tournament. By a not great Vandy team. Right. Th- this sport is awesome. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> There's no words to explain why what is happening is happening. Nothing making sense makes sense. Exactly. <laughs> and then, like, for for me down here in Mobile, seeing Ole Miss you know, win in Miami and then get sent to Hattiesburg down the road from us where, you know, it would be like it would be like Alabama or Auburn being sent to us for a regional with Ole Miss going to Southern Miss. And so you knew that Pete Taylor Park was going to be just wild. And then they went down to Hattiesburg and outscored them 15 nothing across two games. Yeah, they I didn't realize they shut them out both games. Yeah, yeah they manhandled them. It's it's crazy. So, I mean, we've got, got we've got a championship series now. It's Oklahoma and Ole Miss. Um early pegging guys who y'all got i mean as of right now i think i have to take oklahoma i mean yeah Ole miss has been getting hot but i just think that defense for oklahoma is just way too good and that's it's going to end up winning them the the world series yeah i think you've got to go with oklahoma as hot as they are right now and it's not that they're relying on hitting the ball a country mile it's putting the ball in play it's manufacturing runs, it's defense, and a big part, Ole Miss had to throw DeLuca today because they had to beat Arkansas twice Yeah, coming out of the loser's bracket. I know you've got the day off in between, and so it helps rest your bullpen, but how does that factor with your starting pitching going into the College World Series finals? Oklahoma is definitely at a greater advantage with that than – you look at Ole Miss. I I agree with you guys. I think Oklahoma just being rested as well as they've played. Uh, I think the the pitching depth is overall a little bit better than Ole Miss. And I I know that you know Deluca has been good for him, but you know, Jake Bennett has been really really good for for Oklahoma. He's ten and three. He's got a a whip that's just over one. Uh, and then you look at you know, the the back end with with Trevin Michael. He's lights out. He's man. dirty. Yeah, it's it's filthy, man. So I I think we both have Oklahoma there. So we'll see. It's coming up this weekend. Starts on Saturday. Is game one of the championship series. It's best two out of three in Omaha. So we'll uh by the time we have a next episode, we'll have a national champion of baseball. Yeah. Wow. The college season will be over. 
Yeah, what a college season it's been too. I mean, talk about some of these other teams like Tennessee. I mean, living here in Murfreesboro, Nashville area, with with Tennessee baseball losing to to Notre Dame, it was just it was massive. I mean, people were just livid, and I, personally, I was all I was here for it. I was loving the fans that were you know talking them up to be the the best team since sliced bread, and uh, it just was it wasn't the case. Notre Dame, uh, you know, they shut them out. And it was it was good to see. That was fantastic to see. Yeah, <laughs> because all right, we'll give you a little backstory. Yep. Georgia Southern has opened each of the last two years against Tennessee. Tennessee came to Statesboro last year. This past season, Georgia Southern goes up to Knoxville to open up the season. Georgia Southern goes zero and six in those games. This year, especially, was not pretty. Last year, two games went to extra innings. Probably should have won two. Whatever. Get into that later. I cannot stand Tennessee. Absolutely. Any No. I don't like them. At all. All the bat flips, flipping off outfielders, I, all that can go jump The daddy the hat. Yeah, all of that. The fur coat. They, get all that out of here. <laughs> like, And I would have been cheering for Notre Dame anyway because they came out of the Statesboro Regional and – that was really cool to see Notre Dame and Texas Tech playing for a regional final in Statesboro at JI. But I've never been a bigger fan of a college baseball team that I was not covering than I was of Notre Dame against Tennessee. <laughs> and it was going to be anybody that Tennessee played, I was going to be a fan of. I I wasn't a fan either. I, how can you – like the – Kid flipping the bird to the the outfield, like, come on, man! Like, yeah, like if you're the outfielder, how do you not run in and just beat the tar out of him? It's, you know, like a special guest of the battle royale of WWE, just running down the ramp and just spearing somebody. And then you get into like in the Auburn series when Auburn hits a go ahead home run in like the tenth or eleventh inning, they flip the bat. Of course. Mm-hmm. We'll get into bat flips later. But they flipped the bat. It lands at Tony Vitello's feet, which I thought was awesome. <laughs> and then Vitello comes out and is ticked and throws the bat into the Auburn dugout. And then Tim Hudson comes out and is looking for heads, which I loved. But it, if you're the w- team that's supposed to be good for baseball, which that's part of our rant this week, but if you're the team that's flipping birds, flipping bats, and doing all this – John, you can't be ticked if somebody does it to you. True. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Not a Tennessee fan. All right. We'll switch gears here in a second. We're going to switch over to the professional side and talk some MLB. When we come back, this is the debut episode of Around the Bases. JT Crabtree, Colin Lacey, Joe McNulty. We'll talk some MLB when we come back. If you're talking, they will hear you. Why are we getting killed like this? Kyle's not here. Got caught drinking beer in the park a couple of nights ago. Really? Yeah. Zero tolerance. He's out for the season. Harsh. Hey, he knew not to drink. We've made that clear to all of our kids, right? Uh, no, not really. Bill, if we don't tell them what we expect and why they shouldn't drink, how are they going to know? Talk. They hear you. For more information, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. Now let's return to Around the Bases with J.T. Crabtree, Kylan Lacey, and Joe McNulty. Welcome back to Around the Bases. 
We'll talk some college baseball and let's switch it over to the professional side now. We're down in the southeast, the three of us. So, I, I mean, except for Joe, because you're not from here. You just live down here now. Right, right, right. But if you live down here, if you grew up down here, I should say, I think you'd be in the same boat as me and Colin, where the Braves reign supreme no matter how bad they are to start every single season. Right. <laughs> Playing pretty good right now. They had a, a nice three-run rally in the ninth to beat the Giants on Wednesday night. Played a day game to wrap up the series on Thursday. They won that one. They've taken two out of three from the Giants. And now they've got the Dodgers. The Dodgers coming to town this weekend. We'll talk about that more in a bit. But, man, Colin, how about the uh, the Bravos? They've finally put it together here in the month of June. Yeah, and especially it's been impressive what they've been able to do going on that long winning streak the last few weeks. But especially now being able to find a way to do it without Ozzy Albies. Yeah. And, I mean, Phil Goslin, great, really good defensive second baseman. Arcia, good. But I think you're going to see Alex Anthopoulos go out, and a lot like he had to do last year. Now, granted, he didn't have to go out and find four new outfielders. <laughs> yeah. But I think you're going to see, especially now that the kind of tide has turned for the Braves this year, I think you might see some moves here in the next couple of weeks before you get to the trade deadline of the Braves going after a second baseman. That Wednesday uh, game against the Giants was the TBS game of the week. And, Colin, you brought up a good point on our show, Doc. TBS lifted the blackout restriction. So I didn't even think about that, but you're right. I was sitting at home and was able to see it on TBS, and it made me feel all warm and fuzzy because the Braves were on the Superstation again. So that was cool to see. No, I love it. And diving into the rabbit hole, so MLB on TBS on Tuesday nights is something they've started this year. And the games are normally blacked out in – the participating team's home market. So normally in a game like this, you wouldn't be able to watch the TBS game in Atlanta or San Francisco. But TBS, as part of their contract, has the right to lift the local blackout one time each year. They decided to do it Tuesday night since it was one of the only times the Braves are going to be on TBS this year. I love the history of the Superstations. The Braves were, for a long time, the only... Major League Baseball that a lot of people could watch across the country, and that's why you have such a wide fan base all across the country. But I love it. And personally, I love it because I live off of YouTube TV, and Bally and YouTube TV apparently don't get along and haven't for a couple of years. And so I haven't been able to watch Braves games. I think it's like the third Braves game I've been able to watch because I was able to get TBS on YouTube TV. Now, it hasn't been the worst thing in the world. I've been able to listen to Braves Radio Network. Those guys do a great job, and I love listening they're, to baseball they're okay. on the radio anyway. They're pretty good. Yeah, they're fine. But the fact that, and maybe I'm reading into it a little bit more than I should, but the fact that the one game, you're only allowed to do it one time a year if you're TBS. It's the Braves. You've got to lift that blackout that time. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome, man. I've got off to my left, hanging up on my office wall, I have a game day program from when I went to a game in 2007. 
signed by Chip Carey, Joe Simpson, Skip Carey, and Pete Van Weeren. How about that? Oh, look at you right there with the, the bobblehead. Skip Carey and Pete Van Weeren bobblehead. Yes, sir. <laughs> That's awesome. It's got, a, it's got a button. Oh, I think it broke. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we can't have nice things. What a letdown. <laughs> I know, right? It used to play at like a, I think it's the World Series clinching call. Okay. That's a shame. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, but the Braves been hot. I mean, you look at their last game against the Giants. Dansby Swanson hit a pair of home runs, and he's been on fire recently for for the Braves. I mean, twenty eight years old, and he he's doing exactly what they expected him to do when they first got him. It's in a contract year too. Yeah, that's that's the tough thing. So I don't I don't I'm wondering how much that plays into how well he's playing right now. I mean, I, I know he's a good player regardless if it's contract year or not, but. He's he's writing himself a, a future check right now by the way he's playing. Yeah, he's especially not... the way he started. Yeah, because he started yeah. the season not great, and everybody was talking about oh contract year is that in the back of his head? I don't think it. I think it's in the is, front of his was. head right now. Yeah, right. He's leading the team in RBIs now after today's game. So I mean, he he's definitely uh, turned things around since the start of the year. Dansby is leading the team in ribbies. Him, he's tied with Austin Riley. And Austin Riley, of course, leads the team with home runs. But uh, Austin Riley's a stud. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, that guy's just built different. I I love it. And everybody was hating on Austin Riley when he couldn't lay off a slider low and away. <laughs> but now that he doesn't swing at that pitch, he is a beast. I I freaking love Austin Riley. Yeah. There is only one team in the majors hotter than the Braves in the last thirty games. The Braves are twenty-one and nine in their last thirty. Jeez. The New York Yankees are 22-8. and eight. And that's in large part because Aaron Judge is good at the game of baseball. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. I mean, he had a, I guess, a, a down a couple of years. He's been banged up a little bit in 2018. I mean, he had, of course, you know, the, the giant rookie season where he hit 52 bombs and I thought should have won MVP, but he finished second. That was back in 2017. He's 30 years old now, and right now he's got, through 67 games, 27 bombs, a slugging of 663, and an OPS of 1.042. He, he's doing pretty good right now, guys. Yeah, and the thing is, the strikeouts are a little up for him, but that's been at the beginning of the season. In the last couple of weeks... Now, granted, if you're hitting everything, it's hard to strike out, but he's somebody that he's been a strikeout machine for a lot of his career. I mean, you look at, you talked about the 2017 season he had. He also led the league with over 200 strikeouts. Yeah. But he's been a huge part of the Yankees this year. Yeah, 27 home runs leading MLB. And I mean, it, it doesn't seem to be slowing down. I mean, he's getting two, three home runs a night, it seems like. I mean, guys, just unbelievable, and they're not just like these rink-a-dink home runs that are only you know three hundred, you know, just barely scraping the wall. I mean, these are are four hundred twenty foot bombs. The dude's WAR is I don't I don't have the full league stats in front, but he's he's himself alone. He's worth three and a half wins. I believe it. <laughs> Individually standing at the plate, 
statistically, he's won three and a half games. That's stupid. <laughs> and he leads the league in runs scored. You talk about somebody that drives in a lot of runs, but he's getting on base and scoring a lot of runs. Now, again, it helps when you hit the ball 500 feet and you just <laughs> trot around the bases, but he's getting on base to score a lot of the runs too. Yeah, it's it's crazy what he's been doing. The Yankees as a team right now are just playing unbelievable. They're 51-18. and 18. They're already at 50 games won. Do you think they can beat the 2001 Mariners record of 116 wins? I don't think so, personally. I think it's going to be too much of a, a task, and especially with the way players are constantly going on and off the IL, you know, the 10 day IL, you know, every few days and weeks, I just don't see it happening. You know, the Mariners back in the day, they, that team was just Ken Griffey Jr. And all that, that was just a, a team that was unreal. Um, I, I don't, I don't think the Yankees have uh, the, the bullpen depth either to keep them for, to, to keep that up. So uh, yeah, I, I don't see that happening. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, they've been really impressive the first part of the season. But, and you look at it, they've only lost back-to-back games three different times this year. That's crazy. But I don't know that it's sustainable. I don't see how it is. Especially, you're seeing a lot of the same names coming out of the bullpen. Eventually, once you get to September, that's going to catch up with you. Yep. Yeah. On that 2001 Mariners team, can either of y'all name two pitchers from that team? Hmm. Is Randy Johnson on that? No. Nope. I don't think I can. You guys know one. That now, you'll... granted, I was like five years old. <laughs> <laughs> Excuses, Joe. I, was yeah, yeah, say, yeah. I don't like you, Joe. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll give it to you here. The the two main guys, Jamie Moyer. Okay. Oh. Yeah. I mean, he was he was 38 in 2001 and played, I think, another eight years after that. <laughs> Freddie Garcia. Oh, wow. Was 24 years old, had a 18-6 and six record and went a 305 ERA. Then Aaron Seeley, 15-5, and five, 360 ERA. And Paul Abbott went seventeen and four. Wow. <laughs> With almost a four and a half ERA, went seventeen and four. That's what's beautiful about the game of baseball. Baseball makes no sense. <laughs> and we love it. We love it. <laughs> All right, real quick, let's talk about the central divisions. AL and the NL are both pretty tight races right now. The American League the Indians, oh, I, I, there it is, right off the bat, slipped it out. Oh, wah, wah. The, why did he say that? The, uh, <laughs> hold on, guys. I've got the... Uh... There it is. Oh, we have sound effects? <laughs> yes. We do. We do. That's, there's already my one goof. The Guardians, the Cleveland Guardians, are in first place with a, a roster that's even less recognizable than the dudes from Major League. <laughs> You're not wrong. Like, Outside of Jose Ramirez, they are just a bunch of nobodies. Uh, Jose Ramirez, okay, he's good. 
I personally know Miles Straw because he was committed to South Alabama and got drafted and left. So he never came here. Ahmed Rosario is a utility guy who's playing every day. Andreas Jimenez is, he's got three, he's hit seven bombs, 33 ribbies. He's hitting 304. I literally don't know who half these guys are. I mean, Stephen Kwan had that crazy start to the year, and he's cooled off a little bit, but he's still playing well. And then you look at the pitching side, you know, okay, Shane Bieber, he's still pretty good. Uh, Cal Quantrill, pretty good. Zach Plesak, Plesak, pretty good. And then Tristan McKenzie, it's all young. All of them are younger than 27. And they're in first place. Baseball. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. I mean, and it's not necessarily, I mean, they're in first place with 36 wins. That doesn't have them in first place in any of the other five divisions. But it's a lot like you talk about college football. Oh, the schedule's not strong. You just got to beat who you got to beat. Yeah. Doesn't matter how you get there. But I don't know. I The Twins are just a game back. I really like this Twins lineup. They added Chris Archer into the mix this year, and I thought the Twins should have been better the last couple of years yeah. with some of the guys that they had. But Byron Buxton is one of the most fun baseball players to watch. And I think this Twins team catches fire before too long, and I think they put the Guardians back in Cleveland. Now, see, I'm actually going even down further down in the Central. I actually think the White Sox are going to be the team to get hot. They've just been riddled with injuries all year long. I know I'm from Chicago. I'm a Chicago guy, so I'm all in on them. But uh, <laughs> I, I just think that, you know, players like Eloy Jimenez, who just got put on the 60-day DL, but then you've got Yoan Moncada, Danny Mendick, and a few other guys who have just been, uh, you know, put on the 10-day DL, and it's really hurt them, you know, this year. It's constantly, it's every few months that they're on the DL, um, if they're able to stay healthy, I think the White Sox can actually make a run for it late down the stretch. We'll talk more about the White Sox in a bit. So let's switch gears and talk NL Central. St. Louis Cardinals have been very, very good as of late. They've now taken first place against the Brewers. They've won, I think, six of the last nine head-to-head meetings with the Brewers. Cardinals are in first place right now. Our boy Brendan Donovan from South Alabama. Sorry, Colin, yep. from... 2017 Sunbelt Conference Championship game. Yeah, Uh Yeah, Brendan Donovan. (laughs) He's playing some good ball. It's, you know, the the Guardians have a young team. The the Cards do as well with Brendan Donovan's playing every day somewhere. They have – the Cardinals have the young guys and the old guys because then you've got Wainwright, Molina, and Pujols. But then you also have Nolan Gorman, Brendan Donovan, and Tommy Edmond. And you got Harrison Bader mixed in there, and Juan Yepes has played well. Uh, Lars Newtbar has had some good spots every now and then. The pitching's been pretty, pretty darn. I mean, Miles Michaelis has been unbelievable this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one pitch away from a, a no-no uh, two starts ago. He's been really. And then, like you said, Joe Wainwright, he's forty years old, and he's got ERA under three and a half. Yeah, he looks like he's still twenty-seven out there pitching. It's crazy. It's crazy. Is anybody that, else happier that the NL went to the DH other than Albert Pujols? <laughs> <laughs> right? 
<laughs> like if he doesn't, if the NL doesn't go to the DH, does he go back to the Cardinals? That's a good question. I don't think he does. Probably not. Because I mean, you're you know that if you're in the starting lineup, it's as a DH yeah. at this point, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But does he go back to the Cardinals? I don't think so. I think he has to go somewhere American League to find a consistent at bats. Yeah. I don't think anyone's going to sit him on the bench just to be a, a pinch hitter. No. When he can only play some marginal first base. Yeah, no. In this, I think St. Louis is able to hold on just because of the story it would be. Yeah. And I know Yadier Molina on the IL right now, but just the 10 day, he should be fine in a couple of days. But yeah. You've got. Pujols, Molina, Wainwright. You know it's going to be the final rodeo for at least a couple of them, maybe all of them at the same time. But being able to have that, and then you've got the next wave right behind it with a Brendan Donovan, Harrison Bader, guys that are coming in and taking those spots. I think this is a pretty dangerous team just off the field. Yeah, the Cardinals are, are definitely uh, – that. that is my favorite team uh, growing up and the Cardinals have just exceeded expectations this year. They called up Nolan Gorman. Everyone thought it might have been a little too early, and the guy came up and is just really fit into that lineup well. He's been putting the ball in play, getting on base a lot. And, uh, yeah, I think the Cardinals end up running away with the division here uh, right after the All-Star break. It's going to be a big part, too, is if the Brewers can get healthy. Because the fact they're still in that division talk with the fact that They've been so decimated in the rotation. I mean, obviously, Brandon Woodruff is the, the big loss right now. Freddie uh, Peralta is out. He's on the 60-day. Aaron Ashby has been banged up, too. So they've been going Corbin Burns, Eric Lauer, and Adrian Hauser, and then just kind of figuring it out with everybody else, and they're still contending. When they get those three guys back, they're going to be pretty dangerous. Yeah, and I mean you've got Josh Bader or Josh Hader at the back of the bullpen, but you got to get the ball to him. It, he doesn't help you a whole lot if it's nine to four <laughs> going to the ninth. And looking at some of the numbers, this isn't an offense that you would think of a typical Brewers team of a dangerous offense. The highest hitter in their usual starting lineup is right around two fifty, and that's Rowdy Telez. And I know he hits at a mile, but when Rowdy Telez is leading your team in average, it's not good. Probably not what you're looking for. It's not good. Yeah, and with the speaking of the Brewers, uh, living here in, in the Nashville area, I've been going to a bunch of the Nashville Sound game, and that's their AAA affiliate for the Brewers. Got to see uh, Keston Hura play a few games not too long ago, and I mean, in, even in the AAA game, it just didn't look like you know he was the question here of, of a few years back where he, you know, he was constantly getting on base and stuff. I mean, now he's barely batting 200. He's only got six home runs. So, I mean, there's just some guys in that line, that Brewers lineup that, that just haven't really been able to figure it out. Like they have been in the years past. It's going to be interesting to see how both those races shake out. We'll take a quick break here. We'll talk some more MLB playoffs when we come back here on around the bases. Crooked teeth may embarrass kids whose families can't afford braces and trying to fix their teeth themselves can make things worse. Luckily, there's Donated Orthodontic Services, a program from the American Association of Orthodontists. For children and teens who qualify and are matched with a volunteer orthodontist, treatment can be life-changing 
and help them smile with confidence. Learn more at aaoinfo.org. This is Around the Bases. Now, to take you around the bases, here's J.T. Crabtree, Colin Lacey, and Joe McNulty. Appreciate y'all tuning into the debut episode of Around the Bases. J.T. Colin and Joe talking some MLB in the last segment. We'll continue that talk here. We'll go with a little contender or pretender. We've got four teams on tap, guys. We'll go around, and do we think these four teams will put it together and be playing in the postseason or not so much so let's start in the american league east a team that's been playing better lately but they still have some ground to make up that's the boston red sox they started horrible horrible and have really started to put it together lately what do you guys think pretender or contender colin lacy for the boston red sox i'd like to say contender I don't know if it's going to be a contender in the AL East. We talked about the Yankees a little bit earlier, but I don't know that – I mean, you're sitting here 12 and a half games back of New York. I don't know if you're going to be able to make up that kind of ground, but I think the wild card for the AL is going to be wide open, especially with the new format. Yes. Somebody like – somebody has to take this step of being the guy that they're supposed to be in this lineup. You look at Trevor Story, just a two twenty three average – 11 home runs has driven in 48 but trevor story's the guy that gets on base and is your kind of glue guy he hasn't really been that so far for this boston club and so you've got to have somebody like him and i've been a trevor story fan for a while seeing him come up through the minors but he's got to be the guy that or somebody like him has to be the guy to step up and be because you've got the rafael devers hitting over 300 xander bogart's doing what he's supposed to do but I think you need a either a Dahlback or a Trevor Story to kind of take that next step if Boston's going to be a contender. Yeah, I'm going to go with contender as well, um, but I, I don't think it's contender necessarily for the World Series, but contender for just to make it to the wild card, and that's probably about it. Um, I, it should, they, right now they're sitting third overall in team batting average. Um, so, I mean, they are doing pretty well on getting on base, um, but it, it's the pitching that's hurt them uh, early in the season. They're just giving up too many runs, and their offense isn't able to to back that up. And uh, and like you said, Colin, Trevor Story really needs to uh, to pick up his production if, if Boston wants to succeed. I'm going pretender with them. Uh, Michael Walker is your best pitcher. It's 2022. <laughs> <laughs> it's not 2018 anymore. This is not the Michael Waka of the St. Louis Cardinals. This is even the Michael Waka of last year of the Rays. I mean, True. And then Rich Hill is still somehow slinging a baseball around at 42 years young. Golly. It's, that, that in itself is incredible. But I don't think that you – know, just something feels off about these guys. They got off to the really bad start, and they've been playing better lately, but – you look overall of power numbers, too. I mean, J.D. Martinez has eight bombs this year. That's a guy that's right around 35-40 every year. Bobby Dahlbeck is hitting 207. And, Colin, you mentioned that Trevor Story's he's playing better, but he's at 223 right now. Rafael Devers is a potential MVP candidate. He's having an unbelievable season, but that's one guy. 
I mean, you need a little bit more out there. And that AL East is tough, man. I, I think the Rays are going to pick it up as the season goes. The Blue Jays are really good, and obviously the, the Yankees are the Yankees. They've basically already won the division. So <laughs> I, I'm going pretender with the Red Sox. We talked about them a little bit already, but we're going to the AL Central, the Cleveland Guardians. They're in first place right now. Can they sustain that? I think they're a contender. Uh, you never count out somebody like Terry Francona at the helm of a team. And I think especially with the pitching staff that, I mean, we talked about the lineup is not the uh, star-studded affair that you're looking for. But I think the pitching staff is a lot of young guys and a lot of guys that are young but have experience at the big league level. And somebody like Plesak, when he's your third and fourth best starter, I think that speaks volumes to what you've got going with that pitching staff. Yeah, I'm going to go with the opposite there. I think that they're a pretender. I mean, looking at um, some of the upcoming series that they've got, they've got a three-game series against Boston and then a three-game series against New York and uh, the Yankees. And I just – I think after that, it's right around uh, after the All-Star break that they have the Yankee series. And I think that's going to really make them struggle. Uh, I don't – I think that easy schedule in the first half of the season is uh, is going to play dividends in that they're not playing these close, you know, one run games. Uh, most of their wins have been, you know, three, four, five runs, and they're not winning the tight one nothing games. They're losing the games by one run. So um, I think the the Cleveland Guardians are going to be a pretender. I have the uh, the perfect response to this question here. Look what it's done for us. People still don't recognize us, but. We're contenders now. The American- They're contenders now, guys. <laughs> if they end up going to the postseason, they have to have Bob Uecker take over the radio. They have to. They have to. It's Harry Doyle. Are you kidding me? I, I think I think they can do it. The, the division is down, and like we said before, they've won 36 games, and that's in first place. That, that doesn't get you in the postseason – Otherwise, they have to win the division to get in. I th- I think they can do it. I-, I really do. I think they're going to be contenders. And that's an interesting question to pose because the next team we've got on our list is also in the same division. And, Joe, you talked about them a second ago, the Chicago White Sox. Has any team underperformed more than the White Sox this year with the roster they got? I know they're hurt. But, Joe, these are, these are your boys, so we'll yeah. start with you. Uh contender pretender with the White Sox I'm actually gonna say contender um because of the injuries I mean you look at their team batting average uh as of late and they actually brought it all the way up to fourth in the the major leagues uh as far as team batting average goes and I think like I said earlier if you're able to get some of these guys like Adam Engel Yasmani Grindal Yoan Moncada if you're able to get them healthy it, that helps your offense so much more you're not having these you know, two to nothing games where you're not even scoring a run for your, for your pitching. So uh, you just got to get that offense back in the lineup for the, for the White Sox. Their rotation is a little weak, but uh, you know, maybe make, make a deal here close to the deadline and, and get some more pitching or something. But uh, I definitely think that the White Sox, if they make a few moves that they can be a contender. I'm going to the say, sigh. yeah, I'm going to say contender just because of what the central division is we've talked about the guardians and we've talked about the twins and i mean the guardians are a game up on the twins at 36 and 28 
Chicago is a game under 500 and only four and a half back. The AL Central is not the toughest race in Major League Baseball right now. And so just for that and because of the injuries, like you talked about, Joe, being able to get some of those guys back, it gives you a boost. You know, what that division looks like in two months, I don't know. But just for what the division is right now, I think you've got to put them at contenders. I mean, you look at Detroit is 12 and a half games back, and they are 26 and 43. Boston is 12 and a half back in the East, and they're 39 and 31. That's wild. Joe, what's going on with Lucas Giolito? Because I never thought I'd see the day where Giolito is being outpitched by Johnny Cueto. Yeah, you know, uh, that that's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> and, jo- and, man, talk about Johnny Cueto. Those stirrup socks that he wears with the White Sox look horrible. <laughs> they ju- I, I, I'm all for stirrup socks, but with the White Sox uniform, it just looks so bad. Anyway, uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on with Giolito. Um, I, I actually uh, would be, wouldn't be surprised if they actually send him down and uh, and just to try and you know clear his head a little bit and you know get some. I wouldn't say easier, you know, games in, but you know, play some AAA games and, and get his mindset right and, and bring him back up after probably after the All Star break, a little bit after that, and uh, you know have him reset. I, I agree, man. I, I think they've got some serious potential there. But there's one there's one big thing that is holding these guys back right now. And it's this. I don't know if you guys can hear that. It's Chance of Fire Tony by the White Sox fans yes. this past week. Tony LaRussa is a bygone of baseball right now. How he was selected to manage this team of youthful, vocal, future of baseball guys. I mean, look what he did to your uh, your mean Mercedes. Like, that guy was fun. And he wanted to quit baseball. And they eventually, I think he was just DFA, and he's now with the, the Giants organization now. Yep. But I remember how fun it was, his debut, and like he muddied around in the minors for so long and has this great feel-good. And then he gets ticked at him for hitting a bomb off a position player pitching on a 3-0 pitch. Well, if you don't want him to hit bombs, don't lollipop a ball down the plate. Yeah, I think Tony LaRusso is stuck in his old ways. He hasn't really caught up with the time of baseball. And, you know, do I think there's unwritten rules in baseball? Yes, absolutely. Sure. But at the same time, I think there is there should be a little leeway with some of these younger guys that are coming up, and especially some of these guys who haven't necessarily been around the game of baseball their whole life. I mean, some of these guys that are coming up nowadays, you know, especially from the Dominican Republic and stuff like that, they've only been playing baseball a few years, you know. So some of these guys they don't really know what the un quote unquote unwritten rules are, and so how are they supposed to know if nobody tells them? It's true. Yeah, and I mean, I love Tony Larusa. And being what my stance on fun and baseball is, I'm a big Tony Larusa fan, but I think you've got to have a manager that fits with your team. 
Correct. And this does not. Yeah. It, Tony Larusa is Hawk Harrelson, and the White Sox are Jason Benetti. It's that, a that's a really that's a really good way to put it. Like it, like that's just what it is. It, neither one of them's right or wrong. They're just very different. If you're not on the same page, you're up a creek. That's a great point. We'll actually hear a little bit of Hawk Harrelson later on in the I love in the it. program. We'll uh, we'll get to that later. Our last one in contender pretender. We go to the National League now. The Philadelphia Phillies. They canned Joe Girardi a couple of weeks ago. They played better under Rob Thompson. But they've still got a lot of ground to make up, and they're still not a complete team right now. What do y'all think about the Phillies? Pretender, I, I love JT Real Muto. Outside of that, they can have that. I, <laughs> I, I, I don't see it. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think they're a pretender. I, I mean, their pitching is just not good at all. And I mean, looking at you're leaning on Kyle Schwarber. To, and Bryce Harper to win you games. Now Bryce Harper, sure, but but Kyle Schwarber is one of your your best hitters in the lineup. I mean that he's more of a DH player than than a left fielder, and yeah. he's out there playing left field every day for him. Um, so uh, I I don't know. I just don't think uh, I don't think that the Phillies are are the team that's going to contend in that division. No, I, I agree. They're thirty six and thirty four. They're third place. I was. Really surprised they got rid of Girardi because I mean, he's he's got a pretty good team. They're underperforming, so yeah, I know a lot of the finger pointing goes to the the manager on that. But you know, Castellanos is hitting two forty five, and they spent how much money to get that yeah. dude in the off season? Bryce Harper's banged up right now; he's got a elbow issue, so he can only DH. But Isn't like Bryce Harper, always banged up. He really is. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Gene Segura is he's probably done for the year too it's a big loss for him but I mean I, I think they're pretenders they're they're not a complete team at all something just does not fit with them uh, and, and Alec Baum hasn't been what they thought he was going to be coming up from the minor leagues everyone was expecting him to be the you know this next big thing for them and he's just kind of been below average honestly I mean he has his spurts here and there where he, he has a good week but I mean Every so often, you see a game where he goes 0 for 4 with three strikeouts, and you have to wonder how long that's gonna, you know, how long that's gonna last. Their big signing for the bullpen in the offseason was Yuri's Familia. That says it right there. Yeah, when the Mets didn't want him, that's you knew something yikes. was up. Yeah, it's that's awful. I, I'm if I haven't made it clear, I'm going pretender with the Phillies too. All right. We'll take a timeout. That's hour one in the books. We'll come back and, oh boy, we get to hear some rants when we come <laughs> back. <laughs> Collins Corner is coming up next on Around the Bases. Hello, I'm Marissa Jarrett-Winoker. Performing on stage takes mental and physical preparation. But the one thing I never thought to prepare for was cervical cancer. 91% of cervical cancers are caused by the human papillomavirus, or HPV. The good news is, there are vaccines that can protect you or your children from cancer. I survived my cancer, but you can stop cancer before it starts. Talk to your doctor and go to thinkaboutthelink.org to learn more. Shut your mouth and listen up. Will you shut up? Are you listening to me? And stay off his lawn. 
This is Collins Corner on Around the Bases with J.T. Crabtree, Colin Lacey, and Joe McNulty. All right, Collins Corner, once a week, we give Colin a platform to rant or talk about whatever the heck he wants. So, Colin, my man, don't get us fired after one episode, please. <laughs> I love how you said that kind of scared a little bit of tremble in your voice when you're like man is this really a good idea i am terrified right now <laughs> i'm excited i'm for ready the for first it couple all right all the right. first couple once we get past that who knows then it's fair game yeah for sure <laughs> today the biggest thing and somebody made the mistake of saying this to me a couple days ago and i've been fired up ever since everybody talks about how all this, the bat flips, all the Tennessee-isms, that it's good for the game. I I don't understand how it's good for the game. What was wrong with the game before? What happened to you hit a home run and you run around the bases? What happened to you get a leadoff single and you don't stand on first base and start flexing and dancing and all this other crap? Like what was wrong with just hitting a single, giving your first base coach a fist bump and then going about your merry life because you just did your job. Why is it that everybody's got to flip their bat, pump their chest, dance and all this other crap whenever you do your job. And I, I don't understand. And maybe you two can enlighten me. I don't understand how it's good for the, like there wasn't anything wrong with the game before. How is it good for the game to have, because now you've got, not only college guys imitating the Ronald Acuna's, the all those guys in the major leagues, but then it's trickling down, and you've got like my cousins, who are like eight and ten, they're new at the little league field. What are we doing? <laughs> no, it it all trickles down, and then when does it stop? When does it? When you take a ball, do you flip your bat, go pick your bat up, and get another pitch? Like. How is this good? I don't understand. I really don't. I really would like somebody to let me know. The only thing I can honestly think of is that it's good for social media clicks. But that's where folks like Bob Minery come into play because he can turn a ground ball into a media click. Like, I, I understand that part that it's getting more exposure, but let's. I just don't understand. Yeah, I don't think it's necessarily better for the game. The game is is the same regardless. It's now if you if you need if you need a bat flip to hype you hype yourself up, you're probably not truly a baseball fan, right? Because that's not the beauty of the game. The the you're more into entertainment, so you're you're there for the entertainment. You're probably there for the hot dog races in between innings. You're there for uh, you know, the, the contest that they have, the 50-50 raffles, you're not there for the baseball game. Right, and like I get it, you're trying to get more clicks, you're trying to get more eyes on the game of baseball, but that that's not doing it. Like, yeah, you have more people talking about Tennessee and all these guys that are just flipping the bat. I mean, how did we get from just a couple of years ago in the what was it the ALCS when Joey Bautista flipped oh, yeah. the bat in Toronto? Yeah, and everybody was like, "Man, what's he doing?" So now that's expected. 
Like how in such a short amount of time, how do we go from man? I can't believe he did that. To man, that was a cool bat flip. I have four words for you, and I'm I can't believe I'm saying this. It's bat flipping season. Oh no! What? Now I'm I'm like you guys. I'm a purist. Wait, is that a thing? Bat flipping season? Yeah, that's a thing, man. Oh god. <laughs> Colin's already over now, it. Okay, yeah, because I know I'm going to get some grief on this. Because I, I think of myself as a purist, and I know that that goes against that line of thought. I don't like the whole flip the thing 10 feet in the air and wait for it to come down. Now, if you hit a bomb and you want to you know, like sling that thing like an axe towards your dugout, and it's you know not at the other team, it's not at someone else, it's with your guys... I kind of get it in a way that, like we talked about how baseball is kind of individualized sometimes, but it's a team sport. That's kind of your way in that area. You just made a big play in your spot. You want to project it back down the line to your dudes in the dugout. I kind of get it. But at the same time, the Joey Batista hit it, stand there, watch it, fling the bat over your shoulder, then start to trot, that's too much. Like, don't don't sit there and stare the thing down. Hit it, go down the line, like, be excited, but move on. I also hate when they do it in the middle of the second inning. Bingo. Oh, <laughs> yes. man. Okay, so, you know, yes. I get it. I get it if it's a walk-off. I get it if it's the bottom of the eighth and you take the lead for your team and you don't have to bat in the bottom of the ninth. No, 100%. I get that. But... These, you know, these, especially these college players, it'll be the second inning and they launch one into the bleachers and they're sitting there walking around the bases acting like they just won the World Series. And, and that's not good for the game. No, and I, I'm with you, JT. Like, and I've, <laughs> seems odd to say that I've mellowed, but <laughs> <laughs> like, if it's a big moment, and you want to just like twist the bat aside, like don't send it to the moon. But yeah. or like if you hit a two-run double in the eighth inning that puts your team up by one in for college baseball in like April and May, I got it. I'm all for it as long as it's with your dot with your guys. Yeah, get fired up. I'm for it. Whatever. But it's the like you said, Joe, in the second inning. You hit a leadoff double in February. Who cares? You did your yeah. job. <laughs> like I, I wish every time that that's what we need to do. Every time we finish a segment, we stand up, flip the microphone, and start dancing. <laughs> that I mean, it's, be, basic, it's it the same is. thing. Yeah, it's the same thing. That's the same thing. And everybody's like, "Oh no, you're crazy." Well, maybe I am. But... <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's my rant. <laughs> That's Colin's corner. Nice job, buddy. Not too bad. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> some would say that's subdued. <laughs> All right. Well, that's Colin's corner. We'll take another time out here. We've got a segment called The Rundown. We'll do every week. We'll talk about that when we come back here on Around the Bases. 
Medicaid and CHIP offer free or low-cost health coverage for children and teens. Hospital and doctor visits, prescriptions, shots, and more are covered. That's peace of mind for parents if a child is sick or gets injured. And parents may now be eligible for Medicaid, too, even if they've applied in the past. Enrollment is always open. Visit insurekidsnow.gov or call 1-877-KIDS-NOW. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Welcome back to Around the Bases with J.T., Colin, and Joe. Welcome back, Around the Bases. Like the voice guy, David Lee, says there. I'm J.T., Colin, and Joe with us. It's time for a little friendly competition here in the show. It is time for the rundown. The best. The worst. And what in the world? And everything in between. Lord have You have got to be kidding me. It's time for the rundown. All right. This week's edition of the rundown. Our top three all-time favorite MLB players, and we actually just determined in the break that we're going to do this thing draft style. So we get to pick, but once that player's off the board, he's gone. So if me and Colin like the same guy, whoever gets to him first, that's their person. So we're not doing snake draft or anything like that it's just straight one two three one two three we're going three rounds so nine total dudes joe mcnulty you have first pick then i go second then colin is third joe who is your all-time hang on i need a clarification okay Uh uh-oh is our first round pick like our favorite of all time or is it just our top three that's a good question it's your favorite of all oh, time. So first okay. round pick has to be our favorite of all time. Yes. All right. Oh, all right. And hopefully someone else doesn't get it. Yikes. Oh, yes. So I like Joe, that. Start us off then. So my favorite baseball player of all time is Albert Pujols, the machine. Uh, one of the best baseball players that's still playing to this day. Uh, 10-time All-Star, three-time MVP, uh, six silver sluggers, couple gold gloves, and uh yeah he's just one of those guys that you think of uh you know early 2000s mlb you think albert pujols um so yeah i'm gonna go with the machine albert all right so albert pujols is off the board let me let me get like a little running list here so that we don't i mean i know it's only nine people we should put together our our nine players and see if that could team could win win some baseball games too Oh, like a full nine and place like a them. Full nine. Yeah. We're getting deep into this. We are. <laughs> Do we have a DH? I vote no. 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 Okay. Cool. So Albert's Thank the you. first baseman. Yikes. <laughs> Unless you go left fielder Albert Pujols. Or are you going third baseman rookie Albert Pujols? Or th- yeah, or rookie third baseman. That's true. Wow. So we got room to work around here. This isn't like Diamond Dynasty where you've got like. <laughs> You've got a certain card from a certain year, and you can move them around on the show. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> All right. I got the next pick. And we were talking in the break. You know, Colin and I are both big Braves fans, so we've probably got a lot of guys that line up the same. 
And so this first pick is pivotal for both of us. Right. I'm going with the shortstop, number two, Derek Jeter, is my all-time favorite player. The captain is, without a doubt, my my all-time favorite. I am, I'm a huge Braves fan, but I love, love Derek Jeter. So I'm going with the captain for my first pick. That's that's fine. All right. My first pick is he's somebody that had a really good career, spent 15 years in the big leagues, a 287 career average, which not too shabby, three-time All-Star, Rookie of the Year in 1994, the year I was born, Silver Slugger, but it's kind of off the beating path. There's not very many people that would say this is their all-time favorite player, but growing up in Atlanta in the 90s, Javi Lopez is my all-time favorite player. All right. Old-school backstop for the Braves. Finished up his career a year with Baltimore, or a couple years with Baltimore, and got traded to Boston in 06. But I love Javi Lopez. Always will. He he is the end-all, be-all to me. And being a catcher, I love it. All right. Javi, I didn't see that coming, man. Now, my second pick is the one that I'm nervous because <laughs> if this what didn't have to be our all-time favorite, I would have had my second pick as the first pick. I got you. But whole nother deal. Logistics. Right. <laughs> All right, Joe. So, we're on the clock. So my next one is Mark Burley, Ooh, pitcher, okay. old pitcher for the White Sox. Um, and I just – I think the big thing with with Burley was the speed at which he pitched. I mean, he's got the record for the fastest paced baseball game in MLB history. They started the game at 105. It was over by 2:44 p.m. It's a 99 minute baseball game. That's what I'm talking about. Um, and yes. you know, I just think Mark Burley was one of those guys. He he, you know, wasn't a showboater. He he went about his business every day. And uh, he was really great to the city of Chicago growing up. He was always, you know, the first one of the first ones out there to sign autographs on his off days to the fans and stuff like that. So, yeah, Mark Burley going to be uh, my second pick. All right. So Mark Burley is off the board. All right, Colin. Are you ready for my pick? Dun, dun, dun. Because <laughs> when you went Javi, I was like, uh-oh, we, we might have something <laughs> line up here. Yeah, I'm thinking 90s Braves, which I am too. And so for my second favorite all-time player, he played almost two decades with the Atlanta Braves. Huge parts of their 90s run. Played a couple of different positions. I'm going with number 29, John Smoltz. Cy Young, eight-time All-Star. He's a Hall of Famer. One of the best postseason pitchers of all time. A postseason record of 15-4 and four across 27 starts. And he's, what, one of... Is he the only guy or one of two guys to have more than 150 wins 
and more than 150 career saves. Yeah. He either stands alone or he's one of two. I can't remember. But I'm going with John Smoltz with my second pick. All right. My second pick. Same era. 90s Braves. I will argue tooth and nail that he should be in the Hall of Fame. But Andrew Jones. Yep. The best defensive center fielder for a decade. Ten-time gold glove winner. Rookie of the year, 97. Watching him patrol center field at Turner Field, which is kind of funny now in the Sun Belt. But <laughs> yeah. watching now him Park patrol center stadium. Center, yeah, which is now the 20 to the end zone. But <laughs> watching him patrol center field for Atlanta from... I didn't realize he had played with that many teams after he left Atlanta, but from 96 to 2007 was in Atlanta. The Dodgers a year, Texas a year, the White Sox for a year, and then the Yankees for two. I know he's a 254 career hitter. He was a lot better than that when he was in Atlanta the last couple of years, kind of tanked yeah. his career average. But that dude's a stud. He should be in the Hall of Fame. You can't be the best defensive center fielder for a decade and not be in the Hall of Fame, but somehow he's not. But that's where I'll rest with that. Yeah, I definitely think Andrew Jones deserves to be in the Hall. That's a story for another day. Um, my last pick, going back to the Cardinals with this one, uh, someone who's been there forever. Uh, he's never played with another team. He's won nine gold gloves, two World Series, silver slugger. The, the backstop, Yadier Molina. Uh, just an unbelievable player for the Cardinals. Uh, it just seems like every year he's not really producing from a hitting standpoint, but man, can he throw out runners at second base when they're trying to steal on him. I mean, it's every single week, it seems like teams try and run on that guy and they're getting picked off at second base. Uh, and it's so fun to watch him play the game. So yeah, I'm going to go with Yadier Molina as my, my final pick. All right. So Joe, your team is done now. Yep. You have Pujols, Mark Burley, and now Yadier Molina. Yep. I have Derek Jeter and John Smoltz. Colin, you have... Javier Lopez and Andrew Jones and I've got a pick left Colin's got a pick left uh, who am I going with here yeah I went back and forth between a couple different people for my last one okay I've, I've got to go with them I've got to go with uh, another brave another big part of the 90s run the Mets killer, and that would be Larry Wayne Jones, Chipper Jones, will be my final pick. Hall of Famer, nineteen was it nineteen ninety nine? Yeah, MVP, two time Silver Slugger, won a won a batting title at the age of thirty six when he hit three sixty four. <laughs> made no While sense. While he was hurt. While he was hurt the whole season. You're right. Yeah. I'm going with Chipper Jones as uh, my final pick. I went between a couple of different people, and all right. Are you I'm, waffling? I'm, huh? Are you waffling right now? I, I might be. <laughs> See, I was gonna go Pudge Rodriguez just because the catcher, but I'm gonna go with a different catcher. 
and it's the reason I wore the number I did. 16, Brian McCann. BMAC. Love Brian McCann. It, just a great part of the baby Braves when they were coming up with Frank Coor, Kelly Johnson when he was a Brave for the first of 13 stints. And Ryan Langerhans. Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> but Brian McCann, huge, huge Brian McCann fan. All right. So our teams are set. Our first edition of the rundown is over. Albert Pujols, Mark Burley, and Yadier Molina for Joe. Derek Jeter, John Smoltz, Chipper Jones for me. And Javier Lopez, Andrew Jones with a U, not an E, with a U. And Brian McCann for Colin. It's a pretty solid team, guys. Yeah, no joke. We have what? I mean, if we're only doing a, if we're doing a starting nine, we've got a heck of a defensive team. I can tell you that we do. We got like we, two catchers, two pitchers. Uh, Smoltz has to play left. I was going to say we're putting Smoltz out there. <laughs> That's funny. Where are you putting Javi Lopez? Are you putting him behind the dish? Oh yeah, over Yachty. Oh, you man. you could have Yachty pitch. You know he did pitch a game this year. Okay, yeah, Yachty <laughs> could play first. And put pool holes at third. There you go. Yeah, there you go. And then you put Chipper somewhere in the outfield. Or you, you can put him at short. No, you got the captain. No, what am I talking yeah. about? You're not putting him anywhere. They they moved think, A-Rod. <laughs> like, yeah, I think in this alignment, Brian McCann is playing second. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> no, it's not. That is not good. <laughs> Too funny. All right, that's the rundown. We'll take another quick break here. We've got our next little rants upcoming up. Joe McNulty will be the one to deliver that when we come back on Around the Bases. I've been driving trucks for a long time. Safety is my number one priority. I know that my truck has huge blind spots. That's why I remember to check my mirrors often for smaller vehicles. Everyone can help keep our roads safe. Next time you're behind the wheel, try to avoid lingering in those blind spots. It can be dangerous. Let's all plan to share the road safely. Learn how at www.sharetheroadsafely.gov. You gotta be paping me! What is he talking about? Oh, baby, give him the hot sauce! That is totally absurd! This is Joe's Hot Sauce. All right, JT and Colin, here's my hot sauce for the week. It's got to be this farewell tours that aren't going on in the MLB anymore. You got people like Albert Pujols who have already come out and said, you know, that they're retiring this year, but they're not getting that farewell tour that they deserve. I mean, you ha- you look back at years past, you have Derek Jeter, Mariano Rivera, David Ortiz, even Chipper Jones. They all had, you know, these big extravagant, you know, tours around the, the league where teams would give them you know all these awards and prizes and and stuff you know saying thank you for you know making the game of baseball better and they're not doing that to one of the best hitters in baseball i mean albert pujols is is arguably one of the best hitters in the last decade i mean a six-time silver slugger uh he's won three mvps a 10-time all-star uh and, and the only team so far this year to even recognize that this is his final season was the Boston Red Sox just this week. 
Uh, the Red Sox gave him a number five from the Green Monster. Um, but other than a few video messages that the Mets and the Giants played earlier in the season, um, they just played them in between innings. There was nothing, no ceremony pregame uh, for Albert. It, it's just, it's kind of disheartening, uh, you know, for someone who I grew up watching um, every single day playing baseball. I, I think he deserves it. And I, it's crazy to think that, you know, he's not on the same level as a David Ortiz or a Derek Jeter in the sense that uh, these teams aren't giving him that farewell respect that he deserves. I don't know how you guys feel, but uh, I mean, he's got the fifth most home runs in MLB history behind just Barry Bonds, Hank Aaron, Babe Ruth, and A-Rod, and he, he's closing in on A-Rod. So um, it, it's pretty crazy to think that uh, Albert Pujols isn't getting uh, the respect that he, I think that he deserves. Yeah, yeah no, I'm You, you I'm can take you. Barry Bonds out of that standing, by the yeah, way. Yeah, 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 yeah you yeah, can yeah. take Barry Bonds out of that, true. <laughs> no, I, I'm with you, I'm was actually talking about this with one of my buddies a little while ago and it, you look at the same thing for Yadier Molina that's come out and said that he's going to retire at the end of the 22 season I, I know Yadier is not necessarily Pujols is more in the class of the Derek Jeter the Chipper Jones and all of that than Yadi is but I think Yadi's still in that conversation and I, hopefully he can knock two birds out with one stone with both of them yeah and hopefully it gets to the point where it just seems that way because you're going to see these teams again, maybe in their home park and they do it the last time they come to whatever park, but for only one that, yeah, that's crazy to me. And I don't know if like, I don't know why it just seems like, and I guess with the COVID shutdown and nobody really knowing what to do after COVID, Nobody knew what kind of pregame ceremonies you could have, but everything's wide open now as far as Major League Baseball goes, and so there's no reason you don't go back to it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and that that's it's just kind of been been bugging me all year long. I mean, I remember uh, Derek Jeter's last game in uh, in Chicago playing at Comiskey Park, sorry, uh, U.S. Cellular now Guarantee Rate Field where the White Sox play. Um, but yeah, I mean. David Ortiz, or I'm sorry, Derek Jeter's last game there. Uh, the White Sox had a, you know, a five-minute-long video of showing every single at-bat that Derek Jeter ever took in that stadium. They showed, uh, you know, they they had Paul Konerko come out and give him, uh, you know, the third base or second base from uh, the field and stuff like that. You know, they gave him all the these awards and prizes and stuff like that. And I think more teams should do that for some of these bigger players. Uh, um, like a Albert Pools, like a, a Derek Jeter, a David Ortiz, even Cal Ripken Jr. had a farewell tour back in 2001. I mean, that was you know that was a long time ago now, and uh, he, he even got a farewell tour. So, so why isn't why isn't the machine? You didn't want yeah, to add think... in that uh, Pujols is the all-time leader in career ground ball or grounded in double plays. Yeah, that's true. He is 418 times. Oh. Yeah. It's a lot of double plays. <laughs> but I mean, you got to play a lot of baseball at a high level to be able to do something like that, too. I mean, true. He's, yeah, I, I'm with you, Joe. I don't, I don't get it. You know, Chipper Jones, like you said, I know he had a big. I remember the Astros giving him like custom made cowboy hats. Yeah. When he went out there, and you know, obviously Derek Jeter had stuff. David Ortiz, 
most recently too. Um, that's probably the last like farewell tour that I remember was Ortiz's. I don't get why Pujols, especially it, it's the feel good story too of being back with St. Louis where it all started. I don't really get why he's. It's almost like everyone forgot, yeah. and they're like, "Oh crap, we he's not coming back." And it took it, it took Nolan Arenado to say something in a in a press conference, and then Manny Machado to chime in and say, "Why aren't more teams doing that?" I mean, Manny Machado he, he's playing for the Padres, and he's making comments saying, "Why isn't Albert Pools getting a farewell tour?" Uh, you know, so it's even the players that are noticing that he's not getting the respect that he deserves from the teams other teams' ownerships. Yeah, and I don't get it because it's not necessarily that he's one of the like best statistical players in baseball history, it's the fact that he's done it for so long. Yeah, and, and that's what he why I think to the you, game. Yeah, and like you see, even you saw Bruce Bochy have a farewell tour whenever he was going to be leaving San Francisco as a manager, and it was just because he had done it forever, right. and he had done it a couple of different places, but he has been a part of the game of baseball for a long time, and so that's why I think you throw Yadier Molina, Molina in there with him and like you said, you're killing two birds with one stone. I know that's a really bad pun, but them being the Cardinals, but <laughs> like, like at some point you've got to tip your cap to the guys that have been doing it for a long time. And you can't tell me that Yadier Molina and Albert Pujols both didn't change the game of baseball. I, I mean, you think about, I vividly remember the moments when Mariano Rivera made his final appearance in Yankee Stadium, and Derek Jeter and Andy Pettit walked out there and yeah. gave him the hook so he can get a standing ovation. And I, I don't get why Pujols has I mean, like you said, Colin, maybe they're just getting to it later in the year when some places are, you know, they'll make the final return trip or whatnot, but surely there's teams already that they've gone through where they're not going to make a return trip the rest of the year. So I don't, I don't get why I like, I know Wainwright hasn't officially said he's going to retire, but you know, I would imagine the three of them will go out at the same time. So I don't, I don't really get why they're not doing anything for, for either or even the trio of them. I, I don't get it. Yeah, yeah guys. That, sense. Yeah. That's my hot sauce for the week. I just, it is, it's just mind-boggling how they haven't decided to give this man what he deserves because Albert Pools is quite literally one of the best players from the 2000s. Yeah, no, without a doubt, man. All right, that's uh, that's Joe's hot sauce. That's a good man. hot sauce to yeah. lead it off. That was well done, man. I'm a big Cardinal fan, so it's I'm passionate about it. <laughs> I hear you. You should be. Well, let's um. Let's continue with the MLB side here before we get to our our final segments. Um, let's talk a dude who played with Albert Pujols recently, Shohei Otani. Dude, I, I am I'm impressed. Like I get he's a two way player. He's having success as a two way guy. But maybe I'm in the minority here. I'm not blown away by Showtime. Like, it's cool. Like, it's impressive that he's doing both at the highest level possible. But it's not like he's a 20-game winner and he's hitting 45 bombs every year. He's good, 
but he's not incredible. No, and I mean, I like the fact that he's doing both on the same day, too. Like, I think the link that you sent us that he drove in eight Tuesday and then struck out 13 Wednesday. Yeah. So he's doing it on the same days. He's hitting for himself most of the time, but he's still not the best player even on that team. Yeah. I mean, it, and I'm sure one of my rants at some point will be how underrated Mike Trout is. He's been the best player in baseball for almost a decade now. Yeah. If not and, more. Yeah. And he's the third most talked about guy on that team. That's not very good. So yeah. <laughs> there's a problem. But yeah, I'm with you. I'm not, I'm not blown away. Like you got to tip your cap. What he's doing is pretty pretty decent but it's not like and i get it you're hoping to have more two-way guys that are driving in 115 runs and striking out everybody they face but i mean he's changing the game i think because you're seeing more and more two-way players even at the college level but yeah i'm with you i'm not i'm not blown away I'm honestly surprised that he's the first one in 2022. 20, you know, he really came into the scene about 2020 uh, that year. But I, I think it's crazy how we haven't seen more of this—the two-way player because of how many kids grow up nowadays. You know, playing both, you know, pitching and hitting in the little league level. How it? How come it hasn't progressed all the way to the pro league? And and I get it. You know, once you become, once you get pitching in high school you're probably going to be a pitcher the rest of your life but it, it just really shocks me that there's not more two-way players uh in baseball in general yeah i think part of it was like in our generation and i say our generation like it's that much different than the generation now <laughs> but like there was a good five six year period that the big thing to do was to be a po a pitcher only when you were yeah. growing up mm -hmm. and like you didn't see a whole lot for whatever reason. And it was probably the kids born from 90, 91 until about 95, 96 that the big thing and the travel baseball and we'll, I'm sure we'll touch on that at some point in oh, yeah. some of these shows. But the big thing was to become a pitcher only be a PO. No, I don't take BP. I'm a PO. And so, and thankfully you're getting away from that and, but I think there's a about a five-year stretch, especially around the Atlanta area where a lot of these guys are coming from, you've had a ton of people that were like, oh, no, I'm a P.O. You're a what? Oh, got it. I didn't buy those. Yeah, I didn't hear that term for a long time. I think I heard it the first time maybe in college, just around other baseball guys like here at South. I, I think that was the first time that I'd heard, you know, I'm, oh, the P.O.s are going to do this and he is. What? Are, yeah. you, are you mad about something? <laughs> I don't know. Man. But yeah. Otani, good. I don't think he's that great. The flip side, too, in the same rotation, guys, Reed Detmers, who, what, a, a month ago threw a no-hitter at the age of 22, got sent down to AAA after yep. not winning a start since he threw that no-hitter. I mean... Can we talk for a second? We've only we've got a couple minutes before we gotta take a break. But how 
how much of a travesty is it that Mike Trout has played for the Angels and has played at such a high level as he has, and they've surrounded him now with so much talent, and they still can't figure out how to get in the playoffs? Yeah. Like, that's just a travesty that a generational talent like Mike Trout has not even sniffed a World Series. Yeah, it's crazy to think that the Angel, like you said, I mean, Mike Trout, Shohei Itani, I mean, even Jared Walsh. I mean, they had pool holes a few years back. I mean, they had the pieces there. They just, they cannot put it together. I mean, even when they had Jared Weaver pitching for them a few years back, I mean, he wasn't even getting the job done. They would get knocked out in in the ALDS uh, constantly. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's just, it's crazy to think that someone like Mike Trout may go his whole career without even seeing a World Series. There's no way, right? He's got. I mean, no way. Surely, it, if it got to the point where, like, you know, if the Angels were just consistently so bad, and Trout is still hanging with Los Angeles, that they would trade him to a contender down the stretch, right? They would I'm give him an opportunity. That hasn't happened yet. I mean, he's 30 years old now. He's still. Got some good baseball left. I mean, he debuted at 19 back in 2011. He's won three MVPs. He's been twice. He's been second in MVP voting four other times. And he's been in the top five in MVP voting in, let's see... Eight of the last nine years. Wow. And he hasn't done anything. He hasn't sniffed a World Series. No. He's been to the postseason once in 2014, and they lost to the Royals. Yikes. I mean, it's just a... That'd be a real travesty if a guy like Mike Trout doesn't even get a chance to... Well, you're talking about potentially trading him the real question is is who's going to trade for him and what's he worth what are the angels asking for him i mean someone with that much talent is there even enough prospects that you could trade for that guy Uh, if i'm trading for him i'm trading my entire farm system that you know you might you probably have to he's worth he's He's due thirty-seven million dollars a year until twenty thirty at the age of thirty-eight. That's nothing. <laughs> it's a typical Tuesday for us, right? No. <laughs> I was about to say I don't know what your Tuesday's like, but that's not mine. Say I need to move up there to Murfreesboro with you. Man. Yeah, no yeah, joke. yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll take one more last timeouts. We'll wrap up the show and uh, we'll look ahead to next week. Here on Around the Bases. As a truck driver, I've learned how important road safety is. I know that large trucks need more time and room to stop. That's why I always hang back and follow other vehicles at a safe distance. Everyone can help keep our roads safe. Next time you're driving, try to remember to always give trucks extra space when you merge in front of them. Let's all plan to share the road safely. Learn how at www.sharetheroadsafely.com. Money's worth. Goodbye. Look at this baby. Wow. That ball is gone way up there. Oh, my. She is gone. Acuna, save.
rounding third and heading home. This is the home stretch. All right, wrapping up episode one of Around the Bases. JT Crabtree, Colin Lacey, Joe McNulty. It is the home stretch. Final little segments. We'll run through the last little bits of stuff we've got. Let's to talk about today. We'll look ahead to next week's show as well. Let's start off on a fun note, guys. Let's go down to Houston. Uh, Colin, I'm sure you've seen it because I've seen it at Braves games. They bring someone out on the field. You stand like in shallow center. They put a base out and down the right field line and say, you've got 20 seconds. Run down there, grab the base, come back, steal a base promo. So they have a little six-year-old out there to try and steal a base at the Astros game this week. And the dude, I mean, he took it to heart. He ran to second to steal a base. <laughs> he ran to second base and tried to pick up the bag. And Jose Altuve and Mauricio Dubon were both like, uh, nobody, you got to go out there to center. They didn't specify. It's true. It's on the promo team. Like I, They said steal a base. My man tried to steal a base. Yeah, I mean, go for it all. I hear it. If I'm the Houston Astros organization, I'm giving the kid the base after the game. Oh, oh for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Get get Altuve to, to sign that thing, man. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Then the kid got like a standing ovation. There were folks in, in right field giving him high fives up against the wall. Oh, I bet he was a celebrity taking pictures with people, I'm sure. I mean, the Astros <laughs> tweeted a video of him just with the caption, Legend. He is. <laughs> Did he make it back in time? I think they just gave it to him. Yeah, I mean, at that point, you, well, you kind got of to. veered off course. And... and then if you don't, then you're just relentlessly booed. Right. True. Maybe they'll send him a trash can. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Why would he say that? <laughs> got him. <laughs> All right. Let's shift over to the south side. This past uh, Wednesday, or this past Thursday, rather, Blue Jays and White Sox getting ready. That was Wednesday. Whatever. It was before Wednesday's game. Blue Jays hitting coach Guillermo Martinez is out to bring up the lineup card for the Jays that day. And the night before, over in Chicago, was a 7-6 loss in 12 innings for the Jays. Pitching coach got ejected. And I don't know if you guys follow umpire scorecards on Twitter. Oh, yeah. oh it's great. After every game, they put a, they show the zone. They show what's, what calls were missed by the home plate umpire. Doug Eddings was awful, awful on Tuesday. He missed 26 strike calls. Yeah, 26. 60, 64% called strike accuracy. 64%. So right that's, an F in, that's an F in school. Yes. That, so rightfully so, there were some ejections. So, the next day, swapping out the lineup cards, Guillermo Martinez, Blue Jays hitting coach, decides, you know what, I'm going to tell Doug Eddings just what I think of him. Let's him know at the lineup exchange, and he gets tossed before the game even starts. <laughs> he get the hook, and I don't even think he even handed the lineup to the guy for the White Sox. I think he just walked up there with it in hand. I was like, you know what, Doug, here's what I think of you. No, honestly, and, honestly, good for the umpire. I think you got to take control of the game right then and there before it even gets out of hand 
in the second game. Like you know, you have had a bad game the day before, sure, but don't let. I umpired in high school, or you know, that's how I made my money in high school. It was umpiring little league baseball games, and it was always a thing where you know, the adults and the coaches would try and intimidate me and make me you know conform to whatever they wanted uh you know the calls to be and you, you just can't let that happen you got to take control of the game as an umpire and, and let them know that uh you know you're the one that's in charge and even if you're having a bad game as far as strikes and balls go it, it is what it is and that's just the way it's going to be yeah i mean i've umpired and so there's a couple things that one i love about this one the umpire that he's arguing with isn't the one that dumped him it's true right lance barrett the crew chief who's at first base and they're all standing together so everybody knows what's going on but lance barrett is the one that throws him he's arguing with doug eddings the guy on the other side of the conversation then i think dan shulman may have brought it up on their broadcast guillermo martinez is not the guy that normally takes the lineup cards out (laughs) normally it's their bench coach you don't like normally either the manager goes out or the bench coach goes out you don't ever really see the hitting coach sure go out to exchange lineup cards so that was kind of weird and then like in the rules it says you can't argue balls and strikes and you can't argue things from previous games so you're 0 for 2 and you're already done <laughs> <laughs> like let's move on you haven't even swapped the lineups and you're already yeah. run you can only hope. I, I've, I gotta go back and look. You gotta hope that it was at least getaway day, and so he can just go straight to the airport. Like, Boys, He's just chilling on the charter. I'll see you at home in Toronto. <laughs> I love. I love this. I, I love that. I'm curious though. Did did Guillermo Martinez tell Charlie Montoya beforehand? Hey, give me the lineup card. I'm gonna go tell Doug Eddings what I think. I hope so. I, I hope so, too. Because, like, I hope this is, like, a whole scheme that was predetermined and somebody, and either Guillermo Martinez just volunteered or he drew the short straw. <laughs> like, I, I hope this is something they talked about all day long. Like, you know what? Forget this. This guy was awful last night. We're going to tell him who's going to do it. I love it. <laughs> and then if you're that guy on that staff... How many like, how many points did you just gain with the rest of your staff? Yeah. Did like, you get- can you imagine somebody on like a college staff or teams that we've covered been like, yeah, you know, Mike Cheek last night. I mean, we're gonna just let him know at the plate meeting who's gonna do it. <laughs> I can't imagine. That had been one, one intense meeting. <laughs> God, that's that's awful. That would be one of those incidents, Colin, where like you and I have, for our respective broadcast, have microphones behind home plates. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's where I'm like, please let me either be off air or in a break so I can crank that thing up and hear every word that's going on. See, I would hope our staffs like us enough to where we could mic them up. Ooh, that's true. That'd be good. <laughs> I think they'd let us. Both of our respective coaches can get a little fiery at times. Yeah. Especially when playing against each other. <laughs> yeah. That's true. <laughs> That's how, true. How Mark Calvey stayed in the game, the last game against us, when that awful call, <laughs> coincidentally, Mike Cheek, was <laughs> safe out at first. How that 
yeah. how he stayed in the game and that. I'm like, dude, you're a lot better person than I am. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, rounding out the show here next time that uh, we're on the air, we will have, like we said before, we will have a NCAA Baseball champion, Oklahoma plays Ole Miss this weekend. Best of three series over in Omaha, so we'll talk about that next week. We're a little over a month away from my favorite day on the baseball calendar, the MLB trade deadline. It used to be July 31st. It's now August 2nd. I love the trade deadline. When rosters are completely overhauled, and you see dudes left and right, superstars at that, moving from one team to the next. And, I mean, shoot, look at what happened with the Braves last year. <laughs> the they deadline. got an entire new outfield and bench dude. And a bench dude. And then won the World Series. And then won the World Series. I mean, Jock yeah. Peterson is a folk legend in Atlanta. <laughs> for and he played half a year. He, he played like 30 games. Jorge Soler was a like sub two twenty hitter, and he was World Until Series we MVP. Houston. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> look at what it can do. I remember, I'm sure you remember this too, Colin. When the Braves got Derek Lee at the deadline yeah. one year, and it was like at the time, it's like, oh my god, they got they got Derek Lee. Here we go. Yeah, that didn't work out. But no, at the time, it was like, oh man, this this is crazy. You know, this is awesome. I, I love how teams shift around so much at the deadline and you know, deals you wouldn't even think players you would think are untouchable are just at the flip of a switch moving moving teams i've always said i would love to be around like jeff passan or somebody like that on the trade deadline day there's a youtube video i can't remember who put out but it's like a video that they followed around um Oh, my mind's drawing a blank. The NFL, Adam Schefter. Okay. They followed Adam Schefter during the first day of free agency for the NFL one day. He's got like three phones going at once. It's awesome. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Excited to see who makes moves this trade deadline. It should be uh, quite a bit, quite a, quite a lot of sellers, that's for sure, this year. But also I'm interested to see who's buying. Yeah. There's a lot of close races right now. We'll talk about that. When we uh, when we get closer to, to August second, but that uh, that'll do it for the first ever episode of Around the Bases, guys. This, uh, this is fun. How about that? We, we made did it. Through it. An, we made it through an episode without you know yelling at each other or you know telling each other to shut up. I think we did. A, <laughs> we did all right. Yeah, that's just in the breaks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, fine. yeah. <laughs> when the microphone's off, yeah, we're fine. No, appreciate it, guys. This has been fun. You can uh, get Around the Bases every week, wherever you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and on iHeartRadio and everywhere else. Join us again next week as we'll take another trip around the bases for all things baseball. So for Joe and for Colin, I'm JT. We'll talk to you guys next time on Around the Bases. This has been Around the Bases with J.T. Crabtree, Colin Lacey, and Joe McNulty. Your weekly dose of baseball with a little extra.